Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yo, what's going on, guys? We are back in the studio. We got a lot to talk about, guys. We got Amy hitting 40 goals. We got Matthew Bentley being super mad, scoring a late equalizer. We got a potential competition battle out of the right wing spot. We know who it shouldn't be. We also have a whole bunch of league stuff to talk about. And on top of that, Richmond still sits second in the table. I'm Yogi, by the way. Joining me on the show, as always, it's Matt Engineer. How are you guys doing? How was your weekend? Not bad. Uh, went to the Fluvana County Fair yesterday with the family. Okay. Uh, so it was a nice day. Then ended the day uh, frustrated as heck. And then had that angry, excited moment when, when Matt Bentley scored that late equalizer. Um so all in all, an up and down day gave me a little bit of everything. How are you, Matt? How was your weekend, sir? Doing good. Doing good. Uh, I, I guess we could say that the bad stuff happened on Saturday. Good stuff happened on Sunday, our time at least, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is also true. I feel, I feel like probably it was all roughly after midnight when the good the good part of the game finally started. Yeah. <laughs> Anything past 12 is was good. Anything past 12. Um, real quick, I want to ask you guys a question because you know you brought it up. You went to the Fluvanna County Fair. What is your favorite thing to get at the fair? For me, it's a turkey week. Like, if I go to the fair, I got to get a turkey. What about y'all? Uh, yeah, but they didn't have any. <laughs> what? what kind of fair is this? It's Fluvanna. Hey, I mean, it's Fluvanna. Exactly, it's Fluvanna. It's not. This ain't the state fair. If it was the state fair, man, and they didn't There's have not a, a whole farm. I mean, it's the country. There's not a farm of turkeys that we can slaughter to make some turkey wings? Most turkeys I've seen out here are wild turkeys, so I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. That's trash. Right. Well, let's anyway. go ahead. Let's get started. What? Who's yours? Do I not get oh, the answer? Oh, yeah. I didn't know your answer. What is yours, sir? Favorite thing uh, to get at any kind of county fair, state fair, is out. What? Not my people there. Not my scene. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I get it. Like, the prices, the parking, the weird, there's a lot of people around. Not my my world. Uh, Yeah. Worst part about it, getting in. Best part, getting out. I mean... yeah, there's there's always the the fried dough. Well, as they say down here down south, the funnel cake. Yeah, a good funnel cake goes a long way. You can't oh, beat yeah. a good funnel cake, Matt. You can't. You can't beat a good funnel cake. I mean, funnel cakes that that's King's Dominion territory there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's right, King's Dominion got some banging funnel cake. They oh, do. they've got some pretty good they... funnel cakes. Ah, oh, that's yeah. But State Fair has some good ones. I haven't had a Kings of Me in a funnel cake in a while. Also, I haven't paid to go to Kings of Me in a long time because I've rode every roller coaster there, and now it's, yeah, it's nothing to do there anymore. But, and also other terms of nothing else to do, we don't have to go out to the West Coast anymore this year. Yay! Yeah. We're all done with that. Praise be. <laughs> Praise me. <laughs> Praise me. We got Richmond to Central Valley Fuego to it really felt like this was a game of two halves. Um first of all, 
I don't know what it is about Victor Flock playing against Richmond, but he only seems to score bangers against us. Very, very confusing. And, and, and old guys, but still. What, what's with the banger? What's with the banger against your old club? I don't know. <laughs> I because don't he, know. He, if it if it wasn't for the fact that if it was against us, I would have been going crazy over that goal, even if it wasn't the kickers who scored it. If it wasn't against the kickers, I would have been going crazy because that was that was a strike and a half. It was. And this is the, this is the crazy thing about it is too about Victor. Like in Richmond, he never showed this ability to be this deadly from like set pieces, free kicks, nope. goes out to California. Where this talent been, son? Where this been at? But yeah, I digress. Um, let's start off with this starting lineup. Darren made a couple of changes. He brought in Dakota into that midfield. Pushed Ethan Bryant up to right wing. Every um, Stephen Payne came back as the right back spot. And I'm not gonna lie, guys, it seemed like a team that hasn't the starting eleven out there. I granted that all these guys have played together, but it seemed like this starting eleven itself started very slow. Am I fair in that assumption? Yeah, but I, th- I don't think the slow starts have been necessarily been abnormal, especially lately. Oh. Yeah, no, 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 it hasn't been. But it just seemed like this starting 11 itself was fairly. So it, maybe that's the way how Darren described it. I mean, wanted it to be with the two pivots of Dakota and Zaka in there. But it just seemed very slow against Sister Valley Fuego. Like, it kind of seemed like a repeat of that first game we went out there where we couldn't get close to the ball, we couldn't close down any space, and they were kind of more or less passing it around us. Well, I mean, on the plus side, we – Stayed eleven v eleven the whole time. This time around, there so that, you was, go. that, that yeah, was a bit I'm of the uh, bit of the issue last time around of why we got passed around you know, for most of the game because they were up a man most of the game. Uh, but like you look at this game where I think the kickers were credited with one first half shot. You know, yeah. the, you know, I think Greenville last week was maybe like one or two first half shots, and they weren't anything real mm-hmm. either. Uh, there's been a bit of a trend of slow starts yeah. you know, recently. And, and it's not just necessarily a function of, you know, seeding possession, because again, we've, we've talked about that plenty of times about how that is a little bit of uh, you know, the design you know, of the system is to be fine giving away possession, but then being able to hit quickly on that. But it's that hitting quickly part that isn't you know, coming about last a couple of games, especially early on. Uh, and, you know, I also feel like, you know, we've seen the team be very committed to trying to play out of the back. Uh, and, you know, teams are starting to high press a lot. Yeah. And, you know, they haven't found those opportunities to really spring, let's be real, Bolaños into space as a result. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're totally right in everything you're saying. Shadir, how did you see the game, the first couple of minutes starting out? Um, a, a lot like Matt. Um, it, it seems that it seems to be the trend of the game of soccer nowadays, like all over the world, that the, the high press is, 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 is king. And, and like you said, and like you said also, because of the midfield three choices, I feel there was a little bit of a disconnection between Vignal's and the other two center mids because of um, the fact that both uh, Dakota and Saka are both more defensive, less mobile, and then Vignal's is more of an attacking midfielder and and more dynamic. It, It created a gap between the two, and I think that gap is where our issue was and why we weren't able to get situations where we had a ball fed to Bolaños in behind or something like that, that we are used to seeing. So. Well, I think the other, other piece of that is, I I think we've talked a lot about how we really enjoy Ethan Bryant. Mm -hmm. I I don't enjoy him as a winger. And his, his, you know, skills, I don't think are best, you know, suited out there. And really that kind of limited, you know, where those outlet balls were going to, because he's not going to be a guy who can, you know, chase it down 
uh, like any of our other you know, winger options, you know, would you know, be tasked with doing. He's you know, shifted a little further back, but basically cut the field in half on those you know, long ball releases uh, that you know, the defenders were not infrequently you know, moving towards eventually once uh, they realized they weren't going to be able to pass all the way out of the press. Yeah, it, I, I just remember this. This lot of very much seems like a lot of we would have done the first three or four games out of the season, you know, where Ethan Bryan wasn't in a lineup, but the midfield itself was very much set up to defend deep, kind of protect the center backs, and allow the front four to kind of create. But you, you're right, Shadir, like it's kind of like that weird gap in there. And it, I will say this it seems as if like Darren set his team up to be better at ball possession and holding on to the ball. But it's weird. Like, uh, I gotta put this. It's weird to do that when you don't have another release valve out on that right wing. And that and that right wing is Ethan Bryan, who we know is the ball controller. Like, it's weird how this team was kind of set up in the first couple of minutes. Yeah, it, I, I don't know. For me, I think one of the, one of the main things that was a challenge for uh, Darren was I don't know if he feels that Dakota deserved to start, but I don't think there was any place for him in this lineup because I feel that you put Bryant in that position and you put Bentley out wide to start the game, then you have a more fluid, you know, a more fluid starting eleven where you're flowing basically from back to front. But then again, Dakota, who has been playing very well, is unable to start. But I, I think that's one of those situations where you just got to cut your losses and take that take that in, into consideration. So at the end of the day, you either replace Dakota with – you either replace one of the center backs with Dakota or Dakota doesn't start. But having both Dakota and, and Daka in the midfield really slowed us down, really bogged down the game. I, I would – reframe it a different way. I, I don't think it's that does Dakota I think it's more Darren thinking Dakota doesn't deserve to sit. You know, he's been yeah. arguably our best player over the last month or so. Uh yeah. and I mean I think the better question is why you know, Dakota's been our best defensive player back in. Huh? Yeah, why slide Ani back in uh you yeah. know and move Dakota around. I, th- I think that's fair. You know, I think that's all fair. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird to say because when you look at Dakota, he's been our best defender over the month, but he's also been, like, generally, you pointed out to, like, he's been able to move into that midfield spot. So I think, I guess they're just baked on the fact of, like, all right, if we can clog up the midfield and not allow them to do what they did this game one, which was be very expensive and very open, I got a chance. But, yeah, but then, then when you when you clog it up, you, you you play defensive, you're you're isolating your strikers and you're inviting the pressure. Yeah. Well that's and, what I'm saying. And, like you need another release valve out out there. Exactly. That, right. And, yeah. and you, not only do you need another release, but you need another player who can provide that release. And that was yeah. Bryant. So Bryant was was actually the crux of two problems. There wasn't a, another winger out there, and he wasn't in the midfield to provide those those balls. So, I don't, so I don't think I don't think Darren minds the guys being isolated up front. Yeah, yeah I, think no, that's, I, I think that's actually a preference yeah. uh, at this point. But uh, I mean, I think all the guys that were playing in the midfield are capable of being able to you know, spring them out there. I don't think that was necessarily you know the issue that uh, you know, they're not capable of you know, getting it out. I just think that. Uh, for whatever reason, the press ended up you know, bothering them more than I don't know if it's what they expected or more realistically. You even heard the you know, commentary make reference to this. You know, Darren likes to play more conservative on the road. Yeah, you know, so he. I, you know, I want to bring up that point right there that you mentioned, Matt, about him playing more conservative on the road. That's something we see out of Darren Swatsky teams on the road. At home, this team is aggressive. They're going for the first fifteen minutes. On the road, it seems as if the team wants to be more conservative, doesn't want to lose the game instead of going to go win it. 
Why is their mindset kind of like that? I don't know. And what, what confuses me even more is that when you look at the bench, that's in a very that's a very attacking bench. Candela, Bentley, uh uh Decker and So Gordon. how do you say that's a very attacking bench and start off with Candela? Right? I was saying the same thing. <laughs> because, because actually Candela is actually our most attacking defensive midfielder. Like when you put him on the field, yes, he does a defensive midfield job. But he gets involved with the attack a lot for a defensive midfielder. No, 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 no. I'm not so, arguing with that point. I'm just saying it was just funny how you said he has a very attacking bitch. That's the first one you just named. Well, I mean, yeah, funny. because I, I was just going down the list and uh, and, and leaving out the, the actual defenders. But um, but I, at the end of the day, you you look at that situation and you're like, okay, so you're bringing the attacking players you need in order to bring the game to the, the other team. But you're starting with a team that's going to invite pressure against a team that's at home and already feeling feeling themselves and feeling like they can come at you because they're in their own backyard. So I, yeah. I don't know. I just it's 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 it, to me. I don't know if it works very well. I mean, I get the idea. The idea is oh, certainly you know, sit back, observe the pressure, you know, see if you can steal one along along the way, but really, you know, do no harm and then be able to roll out, you know, a bunch of guns in the last you know, 20 minutes or so and see if you can steal it, which spoiler stole in the last 20 minutes. just not the first part didn't work. Yeah. First part didn't work. But, I mean, that, that's kind of seasons of the game, but we've seen it before where Darren, matter of fact, go back and look, look at last week. Like his gameplay more or less effectively worked up until 89, 30. Where we let it go in, it just happened in this time. It didn't happen because Victor Flock, who we talked about before, decided to become superhuman again and score another banger. The yeah. the free kick itself, I don't. Once again, there's no defending that goal. It's really literally like the Richmond players just all rush at the ball, like it's kind of like a free fall, like just put a body in front of it. And Rick just comes out and smacks it out of nowhere. Just goes to a corner where a court, a Kira can't reach it. That's all yeah, I'm I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> uh, Vic, Victor just hit it, and and the ball went in the the one place where it wasn't gonna get blocked. Like yeah. he hit it exactly the only place where it wasn't gonna get blocked. Uh, you can't really fault any of the the, the kickers. They did exactly what they're supposed to do. They set up for the wall. They block the the wall blocks the initial free kick. Everyone runs out to try and block to try and win that ball. Falk gets there first and smashes it. I mean, there's nothing really you can do about it. I mean, you cannot foul the guy in the exact same spot. They give away the free kick last time around where they scored. That'd be cool yeah, if they stopped that, doing that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that is that's also true. true. <laughs> that, um, that is true. Yeah, I, I think really for me, like, out of the first time, I think the only thing that really sticks with me is the lack of shots on goal. And that, like, But that also might just come from like back, like you were saying before, like just the conservative nature of being on the road, and you know, us as fans, you look, you're down to go. We're like, all right, after game plan, like go home. But you know, you got to sit to your game plan. We're out there. Yeah, it's not so much you know the like number of shots themselves. I would look at it as more of you know, think through the whole first half. How many actual moments were there where you thought, oh, okay, maybe something might happen here? I can think of one. Yeah, and that was when Blanya early on was able to uh, skin Smith and uh, you know kind of dance along the end line, but then I think it's you know, cross got blocked out. Yeah, I, I was I would agree with saying I think that's the same. Um, kind of moving on to the second half, second goal happened. This one irritated me probably the most, just yeah. because of the fact of one Jalen's play and this uh, kind of just holding up. I can't remember the striker for Fuego, but. Also, Stu, Stu Ritchie rolling this of how he just did flat footed and that Shadir, your favorite saying of just don't stand there, attack the space. Yeah. And that's what Stu Ritchie failed to do in this in this play. And it kind of lets it go. The way how Baxi, who more or less I'm surprised didn't get a red card in this game because he always seems to get a red card when he plays against Richmond. Um for one. <sighs> Matt, help me understand. What is Jalen trying to do in this play? Because the way I saw it was he him just losing a 50-50 battle and getting out physical, getting out battle. 
So I didn't see it that way. I saw it as, you know, uh, I think it was Cheney maybe that, you know, was on the ball. You know, so it's off a long throw. Uh, and the you know, ball comes into, again, I think it was, you know, Cheney, you kind of along the edge of, you know, the six roughly, right? Uh, and basically he has, it's almost like basketball. He's posting up at that point. And, you know, Jalen's yeah. playing, uh, you know, good, you know, solid, you know, body defense right there. So Jalen's role at that point is to make sure that he can't, you know, turn and get an easy opportunity right away. You know, and he needs that, you know, help defender to be able to, you know, come in because you don't want him trying to, you know, hook around, clear the ball himself because that's begging for, you know, a penalty potentially at that point. You know, he, you know, is looking to be able to maintain position and, you know, essentially do no harm right there because, you know, Cheney, you know, facing, uh, you know, the sideline, you know, from right there, back fully to goal, he's not going to hurt you himself. You know, he has to find something, you know, to be able to you know, do with the ball. And, you you know, as a defender, you have to make sure that you're not you know, giving him the easy outlet. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. That, that makes a little bit more sense. But then I still go to the point where I'm still very confused about it, Stu. Stu's just standing there on the back post, just standing there flat footed, just yeah. ball watching. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people, so people weren't tracking runners. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, had, that's something I, I, I don't understand. Yeah. And there were plenty of, uh, you know, Russian players in the box because it was a long throw to begin with. So there's probably, if I had to guess, you know, 10 guys in the box defending that, most likely, if I went back and really counted everything. So, Again, you got you know Jalen, you know, kind of uh, you know holding the fort, essentially. You know, okay, obviously Kira's not going to be tracking a guy because he has to be in the goal, uh, you know, right there. But leaves a lot of other guys to either be able to help or to be able to you know, fill space, mark runners, and the space wasn't you know filled right there, and the runner wasn't tracked right there, and yeah. made for not the toughest finish of all time. Right, and. I, I I would like to believe that if Stu gets to the space, maybe he doesn't get to the ball, you know. But if he gets to the space, I have to believe Maxi's shot goes over the crossbar just because of how hard he shot it. Like any kind of like another person coming into your view, or he maybe takes like a tenth of a second to rethink it. I, I gotta imagine that shot goes over the crossbar, but it doesn't. Pegs off the crossbar. Now we're down two nothing. And at this point, I start to think, hmm, maybe every game should really be played at City Stadium and we should only do playoff qualification based on home record. I'm fine with that. I mean, that seems fair, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> uh, Road games do that matter. They're all made up. They're just training expeditions at this point. But a lot of stuff changes. Derek Dutt, he makes changes. Oh, uh, who is it? Oh, Gordon comes on. Bentley comes on. Who else am I forgetting? So Bentley was already on. on. Uh, I think so. Basically, the four subs are are um, Gordon, Bentley, Decker, and Candela. Okay. Which, when you see those four subs, you're thinking, okay, this is Richmond now getting on the front foot. Like this is the attacking lineup. And I wonder, like. Hindsight is always 2020, and maybe it's a totally different game. But I would like to imagine that if that if Darren went out with a starting lineup of, you know, Belanios, Tazagi, Bentley, the midfield, the way how we mentioned it, this game plays out a little bit differently. Am I wrong? Am I crazy saying that? Maybe. So uh, I just went back and looked it up. Uh, okay. So Bentley and Candela came in before the second goal. Happened so, uh, Bentley was in for Brian. Uh, Kendall came in for Onion, uh, dropped Dakota back into the back line at that point, okay. which it probably should have been the starting back line anyway. So, at least, I mean, I and 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 I can understand and going back to that, I can understand Darren's situation of all three of them have been playing well. Yes, some of them came back from injury and then whatever, and then we're, we're gonna, but all three of them have been playing well at center back, so it's a tough decision to make. but I mean, just saying, oh, let me get all of them on the field at the same time. Unless you're playing a back three, this is the situation we deal with. Now, we're dealing with. I, okay, I will say this, and I, maybe I'm crazy for thinking this, but I don't, I'm probably crazy. 
I wouldn't mind seeing this lineup against Greenville. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing this against Greenville because more or less against Greenville, you're pretty much just you're you're doing a Greenville to Greenville. You're telling Greenville, like, hey, we're gonna bunker in, give you possession, and see how you do. Yeah. Versus they don't like possession. Yeah. I mean, maybe we can talk about that later, but I, I'm just not thinking about that. Oh, yeah, I'm assuming you mean the midfield and not the wing situation. Oh, yeah, about. yeah. The midfield. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, back back to the game. Two nil down, Darren makes changes. Less or less than two minutes after the goal, we get a penalty. Minute. Yeah, well, yeah, a minute. Um but I think we talked about it last week. This is our first penalty kick this year. Mm-hmm. Haven't had a penalty all year. Takes a lot, USL League One refs. Um, in, in fairness, we don't really dribble around in the box ever. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. If he gets fouled enough in the box, that we should get more. We should have more. Um, we let me ask you guys a question. I'm gonna see if you guys notice or not. Who's the only other team up until this game that has not scored a penalty kick? Fuego, they're like 0 for 3 or something. 0 for 2. Okay. 0 for 2. Yep, it was Fuego. So us and Fuego are the only two teams that have a pudding kick. We get ours. Now, the foul itself, it really <laughs> – when I first saw it on the replay, I thought, oh, boy, like really just punched Terzaghi in the back of the head, but he did it. I thought he did it. Um, but, yeah, Terzaghi takes the penalty, 40th goal. Is it 40th or 41? Because I'm seeing two different things. 40th league goal. He scored that one in the open cup. Bet. Okay. So 41 overall, 40th in the league. I think it's fair to say that Chizagi is going to have 50 very soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, Are yeah. I, he He's uh, – this is my thing. I don't know if he's going to hit 50 this season with the options that we have up front with the fact that the goals are kind of being shared a little more this season than last season. So if he stays with the kickers next year, he's hitting he's hitting 50 before May. That seems a lot that's, more realistic. Yeah. What number do you think he ends on this year? <clears throat> Ooh, eight games left. Uh Give or take three to two playoff games. The playoff games when counter is the league number. I'll, okay. I'd say 46, 47, something like that. I was going to say 44, 45. <laughs> hey, Claudia, I think 47. I mean, I, I'd be happier if you all are right than if I'm right. <laughs> I can see 47. You got you got him heading for seven out of, seven goals in the last eight. I like it. I do. Oh, I, I I would love seven goals in the last eight. Oh, I oh this my is, goodness. This is banking on a hat trick. Hold on. <laughs> this is banking on a hat trick. What we gotta see the, 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 the game. Hold on. What what who yeah. are we playing? You got two Omaha, first... you got a Greenville, you got a Chattanooga, a Madison away. Two Fuego uh, again. Somebody else. Tormenta twice, I think. Yeah, Tormenta yeah. twice. Chad Tormenta might be your best bet for a hat trick. I think so. Hey, I look, it's September 24th. Uh, no, 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 no. No, September 7th, Tormenta at home. Hey. I'm banking on a hat trick. You're banking on a hat trick. I'm banking on a hat trick. Um, <laughs> be great if it happens. But back to the game again. I keep getting it on off track. Um, This is part of the show by now. People know this. Um, So we're 2-1 at this point. From this point on, do you guys feel like the tempo and the mood of this game favored more Richmond, or was it still kind of more so split down the middle 50-50? Because to me, it felt like the latter half of this game, the, when it was 2-1, it seemed like Richmond was in control, or more or less. Wait. I felt they need to find control. They seemed more, more alive. Like <laughs> Yeah, looked more like scoring. Yeah. It, for me, it felt like they looked more like scoring. However, I kind of was like, do I need to look at this over again when I look at Terzaghi's reaction to Bentley's goal? I don't know if you guys caught it. 
but Bentley scores the goal, and rather than celebrating, he runs into the goal to grab the ball to bring it back to halfway, and Terzaghi stops him. He gets the ball, and he's running back to halfway, and before he even crosses the six, Terzaghi's next to him basically telling him, slow down. Like, I think a lot of them felt that they were just trying to see out the game. The fact that they got the goal, yay, we got the goal, now we're tied, let's see out the game. Bentley, I think, was in a mindset of, let's see if maybe we can get a win, we can steal a winner. It was, it was, well, a hold on, let's, like, let's back up and talk about the goal first before we talk about that moment. <laughs> the goal itself is really nice. Yeah. Because our Irish Jamaican, O'Gordon, uh, once again, another cross. I think this is his most assist in, I think, the last two, three years. But came back from injury, provided a beautiful assist. I don't understand how Fuego lost Bentley in the box because Bentley's fairly tall. <coughs> oh, it's because they're not very good. No, well, that's true. Okay. No, okay. Um, but, yeah, he, get, he gets to the end of it. Toe pokes it over the line. It's 2-2 at that point. And you're right, Shadir. I did see that moment. I do wonder if it was kind of just like, hey, we got the draw. Let's get out of here. Kind of thief of the night moment. Yeah, yeah. It was it was strange. It was strange to me because I felt that if anyone was gonna score in the, which was unlikely, was gonna score in the last two minutes, it would have been Richmond. First off, having scored again, we had the momentum mm-hmm. having scored twice in a row, yeah. and they looked like the most likely to score even before Bentley scored that goal. So I don't know if maybe it was instructions from Darren. Um, but with regard to the actual goal, I am with you, uh, Elliot. I, I have no idea who was supposed to be marking Bentley and who lost him, but he was by himself. <laughs> I, I, he could have waved the six-foot stick around him and not hit anybody. <laughs> I appreciate Fuego's lack of defense effort on that play. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> The way how all the players just looked around, it was just like, bro. <laughs> it looked like they didn't even know who was supposed to mark him. So I don't even think he was marked in the first place. No, it didn't. Because no one, no one got the finger pointed at them. Because normally you get a situation where two or three players are like, that was your man to mark, like, to one guy. Nobody was pointing at anybody. They were all just looking around like, wait, who was supposed to mark? How did he get in there? Who was supposed to mark him? It was very, very strange, especially it, unless it's a situation of tired, tired legs, tired mind. Um, that was very strange that Central Valley work left him completely unmarked in the box. Well, guys, I think the best thing about this game is that one, we got a point. Two, we stay in second place. Three, we kind of stop a skid that could have became a skid. And Bentley and Suzaki got on the score sheet. I think that's probably the best to take away from this match. No one visibly got hurt. That also is the yeah, biggest pop. That too. Now we just hope that they can find a flight and that gets stuck in Fuego like they did last time. Yeah, that was a fun story there told us. Um, so yeah, so we put a bow on that one. Now we look ahead. We got Union Omaha coming up. Union Omaha right now is probably the hottest team in USL League One. 11 games unbeaten. I think they tied their record from last year. Um, they still got two games in hand on us. On us, And they are one if, point behind. Yep. If they come to Richmond and beat us, they jump to second. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of see it hard for us to kind of climb back into that top two, given how we played against Greenville. Given how Omaha is playing, I think Saturday is – is it too early to say it's make or break for giving Richmond's top two cha- choices chances? I, I would say so because you've got to take into consideration that even with that game, Union Omaha still have two games in hand. So if they go up above us with still two games in hand, that's that that'll be a tough act to follow, especially with the form that they've been in. Um, it, 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 I, I don't think 
we can afford to lose that game. Um, What'd you say about? I mean, it's too early to say it's make or break for it, if it uh, because we'll still have seven games left after that. We play Omaha again later on. We play Greenville again later on. So that's another you know, variable in the make it you know the top two. Okay, even if Omaha passes us, there's nothing saying that we can't you know, go back and get Greenville instead. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a crazy possibility. <laughs> I mean, it would make life worlds easier if we beat Omaha, you know, on Saturday. You know, I mean, obvious statements are obvious, uh, you know, but no, it's not going to be, you know, the end of the run because, as you know, how does Omaha is right now? We know that, you know, teams in this league go through hot spells and then they hit a dry patch. You know, Greenville started off, what, like, you know, something like one, one point out of three games or something this year and last year they went through a cold patch mid season. Uh, everybody does it at some point. Yeah. Look, I, here's the us starting a cold patch on Saturday. <laughs> that did, that sounded more like us, the kickers having a cold patch Saturday pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, this is. I'm just gonna give you guys the Omaha starting lineup for yesterday. If I can find it, and I actually can't find it, so never mind. How does Darren line this team up against Indiana? Given we know how they play, we know they like to play the counter attack. It's more or less going to be a four forward two. They're a strong defensive team. New who is probably got one hand on that golden glove. How does Darren kind of combat this and line up against them? I mean, I think the only question is who started on the wing. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, you know, goes for revenge game mode and uh, roll EVD out there against his boys. <laughs> Him and Molina? No. <laughs> no. Nah, but I, to be honest with you, as strange as this sounds, I would put a possession week starting 11. Force them to have the ball and see what they do with it. Since they're a counter-attacking team, force the ball into their hands and say, here, you have possession. What can you do? And and I mean, I, I feel like that is the best way to go up against a counter-attacking team. Because if you go up against a counter-attacking team and say, alright, we're going to need possession of the ball, you're playing right into their hands. So how is that different than what Darren rolls out every week? <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, it, it, here's the difference, though. When you force them to have the possession, you give yourself the opportunity of being then the counterattacking team. But right. For, for, for that, but the, the, here's the two, two caveats to that. First, a, a lineup like today doesn't work because we would need power up front. We would need someone opposite side of Bolaños to give us those counterattacking options. Second, do kickers really play counterattacking soccer at home? I, I don't think that's been our MO at home. And I don't know if, if Darren is going to change what's been working at home. I mean, I think they absolutely do that at home too. They're more aggressive with it, but think about where most of the goals come from. They come from, you know, they don't come from build, you know, build up most of the time. They come from, you know, quick hitters down, you know, the wing, you know, finding a you know, cross for Emmy to tap in or uh, some kind of, you know, moment of magic of, you know, Bologna's, you know, dribbling somebody. Or, you know, in the case of Omaha, when we played him last time, Gordon dribbling somebody and, you know, just smoking him on pace. Yeah. And the thing about Union Omaha is, that yeah, granted, they've only scored 12 goals on the road. But they've only given up nine. And you know Hunt does a great job of smothering chances. Now, for some reason, Richmond always sees to nick a goal from him on a set piece. And maybe that's how Darren plays this. But I think what Darren, I would like to see him avoid is going with the double pivot of Dakota and Zaka and Candela. I would like more of Neil, Ethan, Dakota, or Zaka. I would like to see that more. Maybe this is a game where EVD flourishes because he's more of that tucked in forward and you can overload the numbers there. 
give it in the midfield. Mm. And you have Milano's out there stretching the wing, Chizagi kind of floating in between. That probably works a little bit more. I think the other key matchup is that uh, left-back spot with Stu Ritchie. I think that's another interesting matchup because we've seen really, really good games with Stu, and then we've seen okay games with Stu, and then we have the occasional bad game from Stu. Yeah. I think that's the other like key component. I think like I think that's the more linear way how to look at this. Cause I I mean, granted, if there rolls up a lot of, of Stu, Jalen, Audi, Payne, Dakota, Zaka, Neil, Balayos, Terzaghi, Bentley. How do you the first three ten minutes of the game, you know how that game is going to play out. Am I right? Yeah. Maybe. You know how it's going to play out. I don't, I, think it, I don't think it's going to be any different whatever combination you put in the midfield. It's, what is it? It's what is. I mean, it, 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 I think we see more of a difference depending on who you put in the midfield on the defensive side of things. Um, because, yes, when you got Dakota and Zaka as your your um basically kind of like almost like your low block with the with the back two uh, you're you're looking at a situation where you you're you're giving your center backs a lot of protection you're inviting the 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 possession you're inviting the pressure and you're banking on those four plus the wing the 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 fullbacks to provide you with that stalwart protection but then if you were to put for example Zaka and Ethan then you're looking at a situation where you're looking at a more balanced midfield especially with Neil as a 10 you're looking at a more balanced midfield where you're trying to keep possession of the ball you're using those players especially Neil and Bryant to be distributors and Zaka to be more of a, you know, destroyer in the midfield. Um, then, then you're 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 seeing a, a completely different side. Do we want that side against against Union? I don't think so, because again, that's playing right into their hands of us holding possession. And the longer you hold possession, the further up your defensive line pushes. The further up your defensive line pushes, the more susceptible you are to counterattack. So and which is basically Union you know, Omaha's MO. So it's 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 yeah, so I, I I would go for a lower block, but I would still want to make sure that we have the option to create and we would need definitely Neil needs to play because we're gonna get to points where we're gonna have to try and break down their counterattacking defense. Because Fair if enough. they're playing counterattack and they're going to sit back and they're going to be like, come at us. And we're going to have to figure out our way around that. Neil is going to be key with that. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, real quick, before we wrap up the show, you guys, give me your – give me three key key points of the game. Like, what are three key things in order for Richmond to secure a victory on Saturday? I'll go first. Two options on the wing. That's one. I mean, like both wings. Um, Neil to to provide creation in the midfield to break down the defense, and do Richie to have a good game. <laughs> what you got, Matt? Uh, I think first and foremost, you know limit uh the mistakes in the back you know whether that's uh you know giveaways or fouls in dangerous positions uh i think you know being able to like you guys were talking about keep a uh, organized shape you know as well make it you know tough you know for omaha uh and then you know, use the size of, you know city stadium you know, don't be afraid to try to stretch them out uh they you know their home field is you know much smaller one in comparison. So, uh, and 
we know that you know the guys like to be able to you know, try to play wide and really play vertical. Tested them on that. You know, really, you know, push the envelope. You know, in that regard. So I'd say that's a few areas to look at. Yeah, I think that's good. I think the only thing I personally would add to it is win the first fifteen minutes. Like dominate. I, I think a strong start will be good to see. You know, a strong first 15 minutes. And then obviously win majority of the battles in the midfield battle. Like win those key battles. That's how you kind of keep Yuma Omaha from getting into next gear. You know, so. All right, y'all. I think that's pretty much it. Oh, I forgot to mention this news. <clears throat> news just dropped. October 1st, our game against Tormenta will be at their new stadium, but like Matt alluded to before we record it, it's only going to be limited capacity because is that is it not finished or what? I'm guessing it's probably not really done. They just need to be there. I'm guessing that maybe the Georgia Southern field that they usually use uh, is already booked up you know, because they thought they'd be not playing there anyway this year. Yeah. Uh, so maybe college soccer kicked them out, but yeah. So. Yeah, sure. Probably so. Probably so. And uh, at least they're doing a little bit better than Noco, who, despite having three red cards, still play at a high school field. Yeah. True. And True. It, uh, it looks like there's a possibility that Noco could could end up dropping, if not to last, but to at least second to last, because they've got. Uh, they're not dropping to last. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. No. No. Two. Two. Two sons. Two sons. Tucson's got that in the bag. Um, NOCO have either three or two games. Like everyone around them has either two or three games in hand on NOCO. And they're just hanging on tonight. Um, I, I, with with uh, North Carolina, I think North, yeah, North Carolina behind them in 10th, five points behind, but three games in hand. So. They're, they're not looking good. If North Carolina loses this weekend, I'm counting North Carolina out. And if North yeah. Carolina loses their two, I'm counting them out. So yeah, if I, I think if Noko loses, if Noko loses this weekend, they are done because they have fewer no, games left. Than that. Every, they they have fewer games left than everybody else. Yeah, but they're only what like three points out of the playoff spot right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a. A bit much to say if they lose this weekend. I mean, I, I don't want them to lose this weekend because they're playing Greenville. I would love for them to get anything out of that game. Oh, yeah. It's an all-time chaos game. I need five red cards. So I, right? Yeah. I'll take four and zero. Eight against seven. Just <laughs> Yeah. Give me a futsal match by the 60th yeah. minute. Yeah. That's what I need. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anything else, guys, before we wrap up? Uh, kickers, you know, signed an academy player from Brazil. I don't really understand how that necessarily works as an academy player, uh, but whatever. Uh, you know, so my only guess is because he's 18. That That's my only guess. Maybe what I'm okay. what, like, I, I'd be United stunned or... if uh, Otavio Zerbini plays at all this year, uh, especially given that he's a defender and our defensive core, you know, is. Seems pretty entrenched. Also, I don't know if I would want to throw an eighteen-year-old into the fire in the stretch run at all. Uh, but good for him. Good to have him around. Maybe he's you know a guy who can you know, step up in the future. Yeah, yeah, it's good sign to see. Good to see the club kind of prioritizing youth, getting some guys in there. They got some experience. Maybe, maybe next year. Hopefully, we stop the trend of our best center back leaving us at the end of the season, like it's happened every year. Yeah. So hopefully we can stop the trend, get some defensive stability there. It's, it's very good to see. Um, Master there. Thank y'all. It's been a pleasure doing the show with y'all today. Tonight. Okay. Absolutely. But all right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, do we need to do our top three, Matt? Before I can uh, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Uh, y'all want me to go first while you think? Yeah. I know. I can give you mine right off the top of my head. Bentley gets three. Tazagi gets two, and one I will give it to. I'll give it to O'Gordon 
because he made a nice assist. My Irish Jamaican friend. Alrighty. Are you ready? Um, you go ahead. All right. Uh, I also had Bentley on the three because goal. Uh, but also, you know, he was very involved in the penalty as well. Even though it was Emmy that got knocked over, Bentley, uh, you know, was right there for the you know, first attempt that bounced out, you know, to Emmy. Uh, so, and he was just really active the entire time that he was in there the last half hour or so. Uh, so, I thought he definitely deserved a three. I went with Gordon for the two. Uh, created, you know, a good spark when he was in there. It wasn't just the cross. He was uh, quite active down the wing. And I went with uh, Stephen Payne for one. Uh, you know, I thought he you know, performed pretty well in the right wing. You know, gave a little, you know, quite a few crosses that either led to corners, uh, you know, led to some danger in there. Uh, definitely redeemed himself uh, out in Fresno this time around. So, you got the one. Um, that I'm I'm gonna go very similar to you guys, but uh, a little bit different. Um, Bentley gets my three points. Um, because saves us a point. Um, the two points I will give to uh, Gordon because of uh, the distribution, and also not only that, he when he came on, he was a, a spark, uh, bringing bringing a lot more into the game. And my one point I would actually give to Bolaños because he kind of was the only bit of light in the first half. Um, he he actually was out of all of the players the only one who looked close to creating something in the first half. So I'd definitely give him that one point for that. All right, there we go, and there you have it, listeners. As always, we want to say thank y'all for taking the time out of y'all day for listening to our show. Can't do it without y'all. Make sure to check out the website. It is now known as RiverCity93.com. Big time. <laughs> oh yeah, what big fun? Dakar, Dakar. I miss that guy. I miss that guy. Dakar, Dakar. Those are the days. But hopefully, we create new days. Um, by that, we will see you guys next week. Holla. <laughs>